What's up, y'all? We need y'all to support this podcast. Pick yourself up a t-shirt. Pick yourself up a hoodie. They're soft. They're poly tri-blend. Luxurious. Warm. They're furry on the inside. They're really plush. You can sleep in them. Your wife can sleep in it. Your daughter can steal it. And she can sleep in it. Go over to Decoding40Pod.com and get yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, whatever you like. That's the Mike Lindell. (laughs) Decoding40Pillow.com. They're plush. They're soft. They're like a bear's insides. A bear's insides. (laughs) (laughs) This is the new motherfucking intro. Because someone don't want their voice on the show. So now we have a new motherfucking Welcome to Decoding 40. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's another episode of your favorite podcast, and I'm your host this week, Vincent Perez, and this is Decoding 40. I am joined this week by my boys. This is your boy L.O. a.k.a. Pele, the World Cup of Podcast Hosts. Uh, this is Alaric. This is Alaric. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Pele. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dakota 40, and we are here this week. Anybody want to start off with the check-in like we normally do? So I am checking in this week from beautiful Miami Beach, and um, this week we have Art Basel going on, and I'm here with the, the fearless artist, TFA, and we're doing a pop-up over in South Beach on Lincoln Road. I guess there's still time to come down and check us out by the time you hear this. We're at 701 Lincoln Road, and um, we're really excited about the opening VIP night because uh, we have Nori um, from Drink Champs fame, who is going to be the uh, keynote speaker for the evening. And um, a bomb on that. Yeah, what's going to talk about? And will uh, he be it doesn't drinking? matter. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's de- there's a bar. We have a bar. There's an open bar too on mm. on on that Wednesday night. Wow. So um, yeah, it's uh, we'll be pulling much, it up. How much to fly down there for one day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I keep getting these alerts because I forgot to turn them off about the flights to Miami. So yeah, every probably. like twice a day, I'm getting. You know, this flight is X amount of money. Book now. Book now. Oh, my God. I really. Yeah. I mean, uh, tickets were cheap for for a while and then they just shot up. I guess. I mean, it's still I got a notification for 347 this afternoon to fly out on Thursday. Mm. That's a great price. Yeah. It might have been on Spirit. I didn't check the flight. Oh, you you might have been on the back of a condor. Yeah, exactly. You got to <laughs> Condor Alliance. You definitely have to check that small print yeah, because Spirit is a Spirit is a piece of shit. Do not fly Spirit. Do not fly Southwest. Do not fly Frontier. I I'm I'm still okay with Southwest. I'm I definitely not okay with Frontier. I don't like that. I think Frontier. Line. I think front. It first come first Frontier. serve. That's I, not. I sense. don't like it, but it's definitely better than Spirit. I wouldn't put that in. The well, yeah. Frontier. Frontier, I think they just strap you to the uh, wings now, and uh, <laughs> there's not even a the plane. In, the in-flight meal is whatever the whatever the last motherfucker left in your seat. So that's it's uh, <laughs> not even that a plane. Oh, it, exactly, it's not a plane. So South Beach, how's the weather, baby? Uh, the weather's great. It's like eighty uh, degrees. It's been actually hotter than normal. Mm. It's in it's it's in the mid eighties right now. Mm. 
and it's muggy. It's not even that, uh, you know, that tropical, at tropical 80 degrees where you stand in the shade and breeze, cool. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's pretty muggy. So you want to stay inside. You want to stay in the AC. Um, but w- I can't complain about that shit. Uh, no, I could be much, much colder. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we're working. We're still building out the, the gallery. It's a lot of work. It's always a lot of work. And it's all these small details to try to create a, a temporary gallery in a space that it didn't exist before. So, and, you know, dealing with artists and dealing with reps for artists, dealing with friends of reps of artists. And it's just like, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. And then, you know, I'm not going to talk shit about him. I, I, yeah, I, gotta I mean, tell you him. know, this is, I was, problem. I was about to talk shit about somebody in particular, but I'm not, oh. I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell him to his face first before I put it. <laughs> All right, to be continued. I'll put him on on blast, but I will, yes. Because it'd be wrong for him to hear it this way. He needs to hear it. Does he listen to the show? No. I don't think. Just in case. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't listen to the show. I don't don't think he does at all. Then then, then proceed with the stories, my friend. Uh, I, I I feel like the proper procedure is to put him on blast first and then I'll come back and I'll and I'll and I'll finish up that part of the story. Give us the details of the fallout. That's that probably is. A yes, problem. that's yeah. that's what I that's what I will do. That's yeah, what I will yeah. do, because it's a crazy story. Like I, I looked in this person's eyes and oh, is it fifty one fifty? That is the involuntary um <laughs> Mental health evaluation. I think so. I think. Yeah. Seven thirty. Is it seven thirty? Seven thirty. Seven thirty is crazy. Yeah. You're 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 you're, you're crazy. But you're talking about well, what this, you're committed well, this to. dude. Well, this dude was a quarter to eight. <laughs> this motherfucker's a quarter to eight for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I will. I will. I will complete that story. I'm just going to talk about the happy stuff now. No, I'm, I'm very excited because, um, first of all, we're going to gift um, Nori a bottle of the Terry's Coquito. Oh, that's amazing. It made it down? Huh? That's amazing. She made it down with it. It'll be, the, the, it'll arrive special delivery tomorrow. Oh. Tomorrow morning. And um, so we'll have it on site. Uh, to to gift to him a little a little present from his hometown a little yeah. present from his his childhood yeah um, I'm sure he's had numerous he's ha- he's he he is ha- I know he's is he Panamanian Puerto Rican or is he Puerto Rican and black like, what what is his nationality he, I know he's, he's black and Puerto Rican black and Puerto Rican okay oh there you go yeah. he's gonna know what it is he's gonna know oh, he's gosh. gonna appreciate it yeah he's gonna oh, appreciate sure. it that's amazing that's and more amazing see now I gotta listen to the drink champs for the next three weeks to see if he drinks the shit and even makes a comment about it. Cause that was right. huge. Just him right. shouting it out would be dope. But Oh, if he yeah. says that, then all you have to do is remix that shit a thousand <laughs> times <laughs> oh, yeah. on every social media platform. Oh shit. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Look, Just get him to do you- a drop. Just send him a DM. I, you know, I plan to, you know, let him know, like, look, we're ready to be on whatever network drink champs is on. We're mm-hmm. ready to be on that, uh, that podcast network yeah. and revolt. We're ready to be yeah. on revolt. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't think Why? we are, but yeah. Yeah, we are. Why not? Yeah, we are. Why not? Uh, you think, you think, you think I'm going to tone it down? 
You think I'm going to tone it down, Tony? <laughs> How's that check look? We can talk will, about it. Yeah. If that check right, big it at night. She. She. All right. I'll roll with y'all if you think we will. Hey. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think that's it for my check-in. Um, you know, like well, how was said, Thanksgiving? Uh, oh, Thanksgiving was great. Thanksgiving was really good. I I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, so my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, their significant others, Vin and his wife and his two daughters came. Uh, my mother-in-law, my mother and my sister and my niece and my nephew were supposed to come, but my nephew got COVID. So that house was on lockdown mm. and they didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. But, you know, we had a potluck. So everybody brought some food and my mother, Crazy my food, my sorry, my my sister's mother, because they had my 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 wife and her sister have two different mothers. Mm-hmm. But my sis, my sister in law's mother made so much food like it was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like there was no way. We had we were gonna have enough people to eat all of that food. She apparently she apparently mistook the word potluck for cater. Yeah. <laughs> she practically <laughs> catered the joint. No, really, honestly, well, that that's how much food was there. L. That's what the, yo. I came in. I was like, why did we bring anything? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, no, no. Well, she, well, she is a serious business. Is that okay? I'm just gonna squeeze. Yeah, I'm just gonna put my little. I have, I have a couple of chicken wings here. So I'll, I'll put that over this side. I'm sorry. I bought a box of six wings. If, uh... yeah, I, have, I, have some, I have some fried chicken here from from uh, the Wendy's fried chicken. By the way, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not KFC. It's Wendy's fried chicken. It's chicken nuggets. Actually, it was a four for four. It was the nuggets that were left over. Well, oh, she's right. a caterer, so you know. Oh, it goes okay. down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I think, I think there's no, and especially Caribbean households. Yeah, you don't really know how to make a little bit. Yeah, no. If no. you're you, you go in, you just I, go I, in, and and she went all the way in. Oh, I good mean, for, good for everyone. I, then we, but we all suffer from that sickness, though. Yeah, like I can't make a small pot of chili. I can't. Yeah. I this, like my wife. Yo, just one quick story. One quick story. My wife hated the way I made meatballs. I was like, why do you hate the way you make me- I make meatballs? She says, why do they got to look like a fucking baseball? <laughs> they don't have to be that big. I don't want to eat a meatball that big. And I was like, well, I learned from my mother. My mother used to make them big ass meatballs. And she was like, can you just make them a little smaller? God damn. He's just like <laughs> baseballs, baseballs and spaghetti. No, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to attest to that. Your sister-in-law's mother threw down. It was so much food there. Yeah, I don't know yeah. when when she started cooking because there was Yo. everything, mac and cheese, yeah, uh, veggie lasagna, a whole turkey, fried fish, rice and peas, some yams, some sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. So we we didn't have to do anything. Literally. Yeah, I mean we we we. My wife made the uh she made yams, barbecue wings. I made black beans, and uh she made macaroni and cheese, and was like, okay, where we gonna put this stuff at? It was just that much food. Yeah. And then a coquito came out. And I know that, you know, see, this was a part of Rick's plan to get my coquito <laughs> ice cream for free because I brought over mad ice cream and didn't have one scoop of it. Wait, can we talk about the picture you took of him? When I saw that, oh, I was oh like, that was foul, bro. That was such foul. a violator. He is a habitual line stepper. That was Yo, foul. L, L, see, but it wasn't, I didn't even start it because there's pictures, there's a picture. 
it's a picture of my wife and my two daughters behind him. And my wife yells out like, yo, this is like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why you can't have people in your house. Wait a minute, though. What no, happened? What, what was, was your right. so, was just tired. You was tired. You dude, I was, was tired. Oh, I was so tired. So first of all, I, I decided that I was going to make, I was going to bake some bread for that was going to be my contribution right. to the potluck. I was going to bake bread and I made a big pot of uh, and the, you made uh, the peasant bread. Yes, I well I made peasant bread and I made harder bread. Okay. So so for the peasant bread, it has to proof for 5 hours, which means in order to get it done and ready for the morning, I had to start the night before. So okay. like then we were texting at like 2 a.m. and I was just about to get started doing the bread. So I didn't get to bed until probably 4.30. Mm. So now I got to be up in time to get the bread set and in the oven and then start making the other bread. So by the time everybody got there, I had a meal. I had like four glasses of wine, Coquito with some extra <laughs> rum in it. <laughs> Lights sat- out. Yeah. My first mistake, my first mistake was sitting in that black chair. That black chair, it, you could you could you you could use that for anesthesia. You could just sit somebody in that black chair mm. and then do surgery on them because it's like being nigga Rick looked like he was hit. Rick looked like he was nodding on heroin. It's like what I was talking to him. He, yo, I was talking. He was just like miss misception. <laughs> Eyes closing. Is he sneaking, leaning out on me? Is he nodding out? Is he sleeping? Yo, <laughs> when the coquitos in your system, yeah. Cause you know yeah, when you yeah, when yeah, you yeah, fight yeah. in that sleep and then you just kind of give up like why am I fighting? Sleep would be so good. Well, and you're I'm fighting because you still have guests in your house, correct? <laughs> yeah, you could keep 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 talking. Keep, like keep guesting. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm good. Celebrate I'm amongst so yourselves. Yeah, and I, I fell asleep in the chair. And fuck y'all for taking pictures. <laughs> Look, Love revenge. All, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. No. It don't, okay. No, this is my revenge. Remember when I took and I ate that whole chocolate and you guys had videos of me leaning and <laughs> no, I only had a video. out. I only had a video. Yeah, see, only one person had, you had the video. video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always said well, we did all uh, laugh. My wife had video too. They, oh, did you? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, we did all laugh. My wife always got video of me doing shit. You kidding me? Yo, oh, we all we definitely all laughed. Of yeah. course. Your ass was on a motherfucking another motherfucking planet. We That's time that night. <laughs> <laughs> we had a time last night. <laughs> oh, oh man, shit. yeah. So uh, that is my check in. What's good, people? This is Alaric. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding Forty on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr. Did I say Tumblr? Fluid. That's new. It's brand new. Just came out. Fluke. Etsy. Pinterest. Friendster. Hamster. X-Hamster. Oh, wait. That's my private account. Don't follow that. So I, too, uh, had a great Thanksgiving uh, with family. We drove up to Connecticut to hang out with uh, Jamal and Kimmy and the kids. I was Leon Musk once again. We drove the uh, Model Y this time, and he's a jerk. He's an idiot, but I do like this car. 
I do like this car. He rapes, um, but he saves. Yeah. <laughs> and and the and the fact is, he really had nothing to do with the creation of this car or the company. No. no. And but he's just been the the marketer and the mouthpiece for it. And it's funny, I started doing some research. The Teslas are known for being poorly uh, designed or, or created. And I didn't see that. And I, re- I really didn't really care for the detail. I just was more concerned. Let me tell you, the handling on this vehicle is amazing. Mm. It sticks to the ground. And if you think you're going to get by me, you will not. <laughs> and if I decide that I'm going to pass you, I will. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. This car moves. All you have to do is just push down on the accelerator and it is gone. 80 feels like 30. 90 feels like 40. It is an amazing driving experience. So with I'm that looking said, forward to driving one of those. I'm telling you, I encourage you. It, it Did you rent? Is it a rental? Yeah, it's a rental. Yeah. And uh, we talked to the guy when we returned the car. They're actually looking at picking up a GMC electric fleet next year. So I guess the Bolt, the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Humvee. Humvee, is it? A whole lounge, a whole whole line, excuse me, lounge, a whole yeah. line of um, EV uh, trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next couple of years, I think it's going to be amazing uh, what's, what's available on the, uh, the line. Matter of fact, side note, I saw something very funny, which uh, is going to lead me into um, the next point of my uh, check-in. So Alyssa Milano oh, yeah. said that she got rid of her Tesla because of Elon Musk and all of his racist rants and, you know, encouraging racist uh, uh, conversation on Twitter. And she got herself a Volkswagen. Thank God for Twitter, because they reminded her that Volkswagen was created by the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you jumped Nine out of the pan nine. into the fire, Listen, Great job. White Anything liberals. that was, listen, uh, Mercedes, BMW, all of that, that's yeah. German. Listen, you can't get away from it. You can just decide what you're going to tolerate and what you aren't. Hmm. Exactly. So with that said, um, we had an amazing time. We actually ordered food um, and uh, we cooked a few things. Or not we. I, I cooked the next day. I cooked um, uh, some asparagus and uh, scallops. Scallops didn't come out right because they were frozen. I don't really know how to do frozen seafood. Mm. Um, and I should have thought them out more, but whatever. But yo, we, we just had a great time. Uh, Jamal is an art teacher. He had this uh, activity for everyone to do where we created these turkeys out of circles. It was great. It was like one of those real wholesome, like huxable things and had a great time. Be- I mean, I, I can't say enough. The, I love when we go up there. It's a beautiful family. We wound up watching a movie called, have you guys watched Barbarian? No. The original? Arnold no, Schwarzenegger? No, 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 no. This is a thriller, sort of a horror movie that just came out either this year or last year. And it's about a woman who rents Airbnb, but turns out that the Airbnb has already been rented to someone else. No. And she decides to stay. And to her horror, all types of fuckery ensues. I don't understand. I'll, I'll paint it a little bit better. She gets to Detroit. She drives to Detroit for a job uh, interview that she has the following day. She gets there late. It's raining. 
Yep. And she uh, goes to the uh, door. There's a lockbox with the key. Oh, apparently the key is not there. She winds up knocking on the door and she's trying to get in touch with the owner of the Airbnb. A light turns on because the person who's already rented the space and has already entered into the space wakes up. Mm-hmm. She then, he opens the door. She then explains to him that she has this uh, space, this apartment, this, this home rented for the weekend. And he's like, no, I've got the space rented for the weekend. Right. So they, but they rented it on two different apps. I think she was on Airbnb and he was on Homescape, whatever it was. And then he winds up inviting her to stay for the night and then all better. Oh, this is a story of a white woman. She's not white. That's the problem. What? No, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> which is, this is which, a fairy tale. Literally, we're watching it the whole time. And then here's the problem. And then this is something more about us. Part of me wants black people to be in these type of stories where we can escape. But at the same time, it's difficult for us as viewers to watch black people do things that we know they would not do in real life. No, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Because the fact that she didn't, I would have, I, and we're both, all of us are screaming at the TV and we're like, why are you accepting this invitation to stay at this house with a stranger? You're asking to be murdered. You know that, right? Pretty much. And then it, it gets worse than that. Like, I don't, I don't even want to give it away, but it gets worse than that. Like, <laughs> the decisions that she's making in this movie just do not comport with rational thinking whatsoever. Sounds like uh, Candace Owens is in this movie. <laughs> I don't even think Candace Owens would have made the decisions <laughs> that this young lady was making in this movie. See, this would be hard for me to watch because if somebody if somebody just writes it as if this <laughs> is logic, somebody's using some form of logic. I can't. I can't. I can't watch it. There is no logic. There is absolutely no logic. You just have to suspend it and enjoy the movie or at least try to enjoy the movie because all that's going to happen is... You're going to sit there frustrated like we all did. Yep. We just sat there like, why? Why would you do this? This is and not we're enjoyable just yelling at me. the TV. This is not enjoyable to me. This just <laughs> makes me angry. I can't. I can't. This, is not, this wouldn't be enjoyable. So we, we, we worked through that. Uh, I think there was something else we watched. I can't even remember now. But the I think the highlight of my uh, Thanksgiving Day, or one of the highlights, was watching my nephew perform in the band at halftime for his high school uh, football game. I think that was the first. I was talking to Jamal about this. I think that was the first time, maybe second time, that I've ever watched a high school football game. But it was actually enjoyable to watch them play uh, and, and, and really, like, not have the ish of all the NFL and the college. And it was just, it felt like a real pure game. So it was great to watch, but it was great to watch him, you know, as an uncle, it almost is incumbent upon you to mess with your nieces and nephews, particularly when they are in public spaces where they can be embarrassed. And I took full advantage (laughs) of that. So I, I, I'm sorry, not sorry, nephew, but um, it, it was fun. Ironically, he got back at me, inadvertently because he was going to hug my wife and I was standing in the way and he punched me in the face. So I don't know if <laughs> oops, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was <laughs> angling for that, just like thinking in the back of his head. I got you, Uncle. But maybe he did and maybe he didn't. But um I love that kid. I love uh his siblings as well. And then uh, lastly, you guys have got to watch this documentary called Decoding Karen. 
Mm. It and I think you've probably saw a snippet of it because it went pretty viral on uh, IG at least. It's there's two women of color, Soraya Rao, and I can't think of the first one, the black woman's name. My last name is Jackson, Regina Jackson, I think. And they asked a, a table full of white women, "If who here is racist, raise your hand." Nobody obviously raised their hand initially. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and the whole thing is it's they they have created this thing called race to dinner and they are having this conversation where they are trying to get white women to confront their racism and confront the institution of, institution of racism. And it it is weird because I, I've been sitting with this. I, I took a walk this morning and this was one of the things I started thinking about that white women might be the key to us all living with equality. Because they are the standard bear, stand, standard bearers for white supremacy and for the patriarchy that we are struggling against. Because if they were to break away from that, a lot would change. Why would they? That's, That's the thing. The power base. But the the challenge though is really getting, and th- and again, this is you talk about CRT. We talk about CRT all the time. This was really against or trying to challenge white liberal women mm-hmm. who in all of their thinking would propose or s- suggest that they're n- not racist, that they don't have a racist bone in their body. Mm-hmm. But in fact, there's a lot that they think is helping is actually counterproductive. And it was interesting because there was one uh, Republican woman who eventually came around during the conversation. She initially said, I don't see, you know, she gave the line, I don't see color. Because when we bleed, we're all red. <laughs> Why are we bleeding? Right. But the but the the, the woman, uh, Sarai Rao, made the poignant statement is, that's bullshit. Because one, once you see that we're bleeding, you recognize red. So So why can't you recognize the different colors in our tone, in skin tone? Mm-hmm. And I would go further, like, why is it that I have to bleed and for you to realize that I'm the same person or that I'm a human being? So it's it's weird watching white women wrestle with racism because, again, they don't see them, particularly those who are liberal, they don't see themselves as a problem. But at the same time, they do tend to prop up certain stereotypes, certain um, ways of thinking about what are the solutions for a lot of the problems in um, our communities, but they're not willing. I think her name was Virginia Jackson. Uh, she asked who would be willing to, and I think um, Jane Elliott asked the same question to a group of white people who would be willing. And Chris Rock did as well. Who would be willing to trade places with black people in this society? And I'm sure none of them raised their hand either. Oh, a few of them did, but they're, they're full of shit. Though. They're full of shit. They want to be like Beyonce. Look, look, yeah. They enjoy the privilege. Exactly. Fully. They accept the privilege, although they feel like they're they're at a lower rank than the white male in this white supremacist system. Right. They still are the beneficiary of the system Absolutely. because they're stacked. They're stacked higher. I remember, I, th- I think it might have been Dave Chappelle that said that white women weren't so much upset about I think he was talking about racism. They were dissatisfied with their cut of the loot. 
Mm. Not I that it shouldn't that. have yeah. not that it shouldn't have happened. Right. But they were dissatisfied with their their cut. their their cut of their cut of the loot. So yeah. Bill 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 Burr um uh talks about that as well in in mm-hmm. one of his specials where he was like he actually did the monologue on Saturday Night Live and he's like, I don't understand what's up with these white folks, and especially these white women who were sitting there crying, like, wait a minute, you sat there with us at the table <laughs> and they did the table, and now it's a problem, right. and now with this and with that, like get the fuck out of here. Like, don't act like you didn't get anything from this. You profited very well. You know what I'm saying? And still do. And still do. And still do. do. So, yeah, I think it's a fascinating conundrum that white women find themselves in. And even we as as black people and people of color, that white women might be the key to undoing this system. Well, to keep it, when you think about it from a very, I mean, from a, um, I won't say infantile, but from from a simple standpoint, it's they're the bearer of the children, their children. They're right. the first people to teach their kids. So if it starts there, I mean, it has their, to start there. Their fight is never going to be equality for us. Their fight is equality for them. We're an they, afterthought. Yes, absolutely. I, well, I, I, I would also, and I think some of this was illuminated. I don't think they want their kids to perpetuate what they perceive is happening. Like, I think at least what was exhibited in the documentary, there are a few of them that sort of wanted to have their kids as the change, or they wanted their children to represent the change in the society. Mm -hmm. So, but I think what Soraya and Regina were trying to get them to understand is that if you are going to be offended by people, by black people and people, particularly black people, telling you what their experience is, you're never going to get beyond that and stop being shocked when you hear the the life experience of someone who's black who's telling you this is what's happening to me in real time, in real life, in this country. Because if you're going to continue to pretend that you're shocked, you're never going to re- truly appreciate someone else's experience in the same country that you live in. I also think that most human beings are visual learners and we react to what we see. <laughs> I guess their line of reasoning is, well, if I don't see it, then it's not happening. So we're not even talk- yeah, we're not even talking about microaggressions and shit that you guys do. They do that. It's like on the sly or shit. They say in an email or try to diffuse how valuable you might be to the company, to a situation. I know you deal with it. I know my wife has been dealing with it lately dealing with people in, in the parks and in the government and trying to have emails and them talking to her. And I'm sure they talk to you like you ain't got no fucking sense. Like you don't know what's going on. And then when you question them, they're like, what are you talking about? Hmm. What? I didn't say that. You, you did say that. It's the way you said it. Yeah. We haven't even got past the visual shit, like the ass whoopings that they see on TV. Once you get past that, that's a whole other fucking barrel of shit they got to deal with as far as the microaggressions and how they do shit on the slide and then, then turn around and say i'm not racist right i voted for obama i voted for obama i'm just choking my dog and calling her and and the bird watcher you know what i'm saying come on yeah so just, uh, hold up. i just sound like Herschel walker right there <laughs> <laughs> the bird watcher and obama yeah <laughs> you know werewolves <laughs> Yeah, I highly recommend this uh, documentary. And also it supports their growth. Um, they're trying to scale their business um, and get these uh, dinners to um, occur 
across um, the country. So decoding Karen, Karen or deconstructing Karen, one of the two. Just look it up on it's on. Uh, just look it up. Don't. Karen, I've, I've had enough to drink. When stop caring? This need need to start swearing. Did you forget, Did you forget to take your manuals? <laughs> and on that note, literally, this is your boy L dot O dot. Ah, that's my checking in. I am done speaking. You are now listening to Decoding Forty. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This has been from Decoding Forty, letting you know about Decoding40Pod.com. That's right, Decoding40Pod.com. That's our new site that's got all our merch on it. Decoding40Pod.com. Decoding40Pod.com. Had a great Thanksgiving. Like Rick said earlier, we, we all got together. We had a fun time. We laughed. It's always great to be with friends and family uh, and feeling the love and, and just having conversation. I was really happy to have both my girls with me. You know, I, I'm always happy when I have my, my two girls with me, you know, and Rick's son has a thing for my older daughter. See, he does. He's got a thing for my oldest. Oh, and my yeah. oldest came in, the, my oldest came to Thanksgiving, you know, with a, with a, you know, she, she had her girl showing, you know what I'm saying? Cause she's in her twenties. And she had this big Angela Davis afro rocking. She was rocking her afro. It was, it was she looked beautiful? And Rick's son took a look at her. Was like, "What's up with her?" He <laughs> was all over her. And well, I'm well, like, happy and Thanksgiving. Aunt, yeah, he's like, "Hey, <laughs> I know why I'm full, but I'm in love with you." Nah, he, it was it was adorable. It was yeah. He was definitely you know, crushing. He was just like. Oh, he was crushing. He was like poking her and trying to touch her. And then my wife was like, hey, my wife was like, that's my baby. Don't be touching my baby like that. <laughs> and at one point I was like, I said, I had to say to his son, hey, be nice. That's my baby, too. And he just laughed. But it was cute. He was all over her and she was laughing. She was like, this little boy is something else. Was he doing the math? He was like, OK, she is what? 20. Listen, you never know. Yeah, you know, come check me. No, I definitely think my son is is straight. He oh, yeah. he has these crushes and and he yeah and he's not he's not checking he's not checking for other uh four-year-olds there's six and above four-year-olds have nothing to offer this man <laughs> listen <laughs> exactly you, you know what was funny is that i laughed Give me because a bus pass young lady he's four years old and he's such a, a vibrant young man and he's he's just full of energy and I and it's funny because Rick and I have known each other since that age. And yeah. I think back and I go, shit, we were in kindergarten and we were little boys running around and, and, and crushing on girls and grabbing butts and doing all types of silly shit that we did. You know, this is before, you know, you got suspended for blowing a kiss at a girl. But it was a great Thanksgiving. You know, my 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 daughters had a great time. They We all ate like pigs because it was just so much food. Came home and, uh, you know, the rest of the week was pretty chill. I've been, I, you know, I go up and down with depression on, you know, I go, I go up and I go very down sometimes. And I, I just been having a bad go at it. And I want to give a shout out to my wife who had 
given me grace and and actually said some shit to me the other day. And I was sitting there on the couch and was in whatever rut I was in. And she said something to me. And it was a, the one of the realest things she said to me, but it was the way she said it. And it was the it was something just struck a nerve in me. And you know, if you follow the show, if you if you if you've heard me talk about transit, I'm I'm no longer with transit. I'm not working at transit. Some people know, some people don't. And I kept it from my father. I kept the fact that I had lost my job because my father is somebody that I'm still four years old. I'm st- I'm still eight years old. My father, him and my mother separated when I was about eight. So in my mind, my father is always going to be this huge, huge man. This, and I don't want to disappoint him. I, and it's something I guess some of us were programmed with um, myself. Um, I can speak for myself. So I never want to disappoint him, disappoint him. And I knew that, you know, he worked for MTA. He was a bus driver. He did his time. And I know that I had achieved a lot more than him as far as, you know, rank and file would be concerned. And I know that was a, a thing that he was proud of. And I didn't want to tell him. And I held this from him for over a year. What my wife said to me that day, uh, the other day, that kind of, and I, I don't want to go into what she said. It just, it was a kick in the ass that I needed, made me text my father. And I held this, I've hold, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed of, of a lot of things, but I held it like, so I held this shame in me because of, of what had happened or what have you. And I finally texted him and I said, look, to, to make, you know, to, to wrap it up in a bow, I, I basically told him what happened. I lost my job and, you know, I feel bad or whatever. And, and I, as soon as I texted him, you know, I felt a relief. Like I had released this, this fucking, oh, noose. What it, shackle. This noose, this shackle, this, this, you know, I, I think of anything that's oppressive and, and put that in front of what I'm saying. I get the response from him. And I, at the time, you know, my wife's like, you know, come on, we got to just basically she, what she said. And I, that's what motivated me to paint the room and everything else and start really. All right, let's get this shit together. I texted him and then I'm downstairs in my room and I'm getting it together to paint. And he texted me back. And the first thing he says to me was, I'm sorry. I didn't know being your father was such a hard thing. I didn't know it was so hard for, for you to be my son. To the effect, like, I didn't know how hard it was you being my son how it was for you to be my son right. since like the, from my point pressure. of view, the pressure of being my son. Right. And then he proceeded to say, I'm always proud of you. And I've been proud of you since the day you were born. And I cried like a, loudly, like almost like a release. Mm. And because it was something that I wasn't expecting from him because my father is a hard man. My father's a hard man. My father, he had, he grew up Pearl street projects, lower Manhattan. There was like five or six of them, you know, it was, they was on welfare. My father, my father didn't get drafted into Vietnam. My father went to Vietnam. My father joined the Marines. He didn't get drafted. My father was a recon Marine in Vietnam. He did his tour. I can only imagine what that man saw and what he Mm. still has trauma from. Right. And I can, and I, and from that point of view, I can understand why he is who he is. Um, he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot and he didn't have a father growing up. You know, his father died when he was very young. His father died when he was about four, I believe. Mm. So with all of that, I can understand why sometimes our relationship has had strain and everything. And I apologize for being sometimes an asshole son and not understanding. And what I said to him is that now I, now that I've 
gotten some years on my life, I understand a lot more and why you might have made the decisions you made or why you didn't do, why you did do it, all that other stuff, because I see how he fathered me and I see my own, the way I father my children. You know, um, my oldest has a different perspective and my youngest has a different perspective on me. And I know that, you know, I can be better in a lot of ways, but all I, I say all of this to say that, you know, whatever's, you know, to the listeners out there, whatever's aching your heart, whatever's bothering you, you just got to get it off your chest because it, it'll kill you. This shit will manifest into cancer or something worse. And, and to hold on to these things is so unhealthy. And I held on to it because I was ashamed that I let my father down. Right. And to me, that was probably the worst thing, you know, to, that I could do, you know, outside of letting my mother down. But unfortunately, my mother's not here to be let down. So I was just happy that his response wasn't what I thought it would be because my father is a hard man. He's said some shit to me sometimes and I'm like, God damn, like, did that come out of his mouth? But in his old age, he has, I guess, he's gotten some compassion in in the sense of at, at a time when he could have easily eviscerated me or made me feel worse. I was happily surprised and he didn't. And I was, and I was, I felt so much better after that. I've been feeling so much better. I haven't been smoking as much. I've been doing the things I got to do. I, I feel more motivated. I just feel better. It was like, that shit was like an albatross around my neck. That shit was killing me. You know, I, I you know, it, it's, we all have our perceptions of our parents. And to me, he was like Superman and you don't want to fuck with Superman. Yeah, And that shit was, you know, and it still fucks with me to this day. And I was glad that I said what I said, and I'm glad that he didn't take the opportunity to make me feel worse than I already did. But, you know, that release, it, it felt like I literally cried out whatever was on inside of me, whatever was like, it, 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 I can only describe it as, you know, like you ever see those fucking commercials, those Mucinex commercials with the fucking big Mucinex snot looking thing. Mm -hmm. That's what that shit felt like. I released out of me. It was like this thing that was in me that was, you know, aiding to my self-destruction. I was on self-destruct mode. I didn't want to do anything. Just wanted to sit in my basement and smoke weed all fucking day, drink and not do anything. And you know, I, I I I was also listening to this broadcast, this religious broadcast the other day, and it wasn't religious, it wasn't churchy, it was like some real shit. And I and you know, after hearing that, that kind of made me feel a certain way. And but it was really my wife's words that got me to kind of like, you know what? I, she's right. I gotta release this shit. What's holding me back? And my that my dad's thing, telling my dad was the number one thing. And I told him, I don't want to get into the conversation of what happened. I just want you to know because it's been, it's been, it's been holding, it's been hurting me. Mm, right. And then like, while I'm delivering Coquito, people, oh, how's the job and things like that. And I'm just like, it's like a fucking recurrent. It's like a sore that a scab that people pick at. And at this point, I've told everybody that I need to tell. I didn't tell my father for a reason because it was something, it was the fear inside of me of disappointing him. But now that I've released that, I feel so much better. So if you're holding on to a grudge or holding on to something that hurts you because of a parent or a friend, life is too short. They may be gone tomorrow. My father's getting up there. My father's in 75, 76 years old. And, you know, that's with all his his greatness and faults. I love him. He's my dad. And I, I don't want to just I, I can't. Depression is real.
And if you don't think this shit is real, you have no idea. And I get choked up. Thank you guys for being good friends because the hurt is real. And, you know, it comes in phases, it comes in stages. And you don't, it's so many things that I hold on to and just keep to myself because that's just who I am. And, and, and sometimes I vent with you guys and I talk with you guys, but there's so much more. And that was something that was I was holding on for over a year. And it was killing me. This shit kills you, you know, and it's real. Like, you have to get that shit out. You have to believe in something. Something's got to help you, you know, whether that's God, Jehovah, Allah, Buddha. If you're an atheist, if there's a philosopher, if there's something, you have to have something to acknowledge that's bigger than you. You know, not to sound like an AA or NA meeting, but you have to acknowledge something that's bigger than you because if you don't, the world will swallow you the fuck up and no one cares. You know, you, you, I mean, people care, but in your, when you're dealing with this shit, when you're in the middle of that shit, you think that nobody gives a fuck. But, you know, like I said, you know, people do love me. People do give a fuck. And I'm, I'm happy for that. And I'm grateful for you guys and my wife and my family and anybody who said a kind word to me and just, I just feel, I know it's, I, I'm, you know, I'm literally in tears, but I feel so much better because I released that shit. I released that demon. We have, you know, I said something to my wife early. I said, we have the power of God and the power of devil inside of us. We are, we are God and we are the devil in the, in the sense of we make our own decisions and we decide what we're going to do, whether we're going to do something good or we're going to do something bad. And we have to live with those decisions, whether we like them or not. Because we are in the present, the future is the future, and the past is the past. But easier said than done. I'm just glad I'm in a better place. And I hate that. I, I hope I didn't get anybody down right now. I'm sorry, but it just was on my heart, and I had to share it. And that's my check-in. You are now listening to Decoding 40. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. All right, ladies welcome and back. So uh, apparently, Balenciaga is in trouble right now for doing some really heinous shit. No, it's not like Gucci where they decided to put a monkey face or uh, was it H and M? Who was it H and M who did the whole yep. you know happy little monkey thing? It wasn't anything racist this time. Apparently, Balenciaga, if I say that right, Balenciaga. Is, Balenciaga is okay with pedophilia, apparently. They just released an ad where there were some children in an ad. I believe they were on a bed. They were, and there were also some teddy bears that were dressed up in some sort of SM thing. I don't know what, what that how, how that happened. But there was also some, I, I guess, some news articles or some sort of paperwork that was strewn about. But if you if you um zoom in on it, it it's uh, it refers to a case where they w- it was a conversation about the legality and free speech of uh, kitty porn and 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 I guess pedophilia in some form or another. So, you know, even Tucker Carlson, who I can't fucking stand, said something about this shit. So, you know, 
That's when you not, know worlds are colliding. You, you know the worlds exactly. You know that the fucking I, I'm just waiting. Did the Russians just drop the bomb on us? Because this is the first time I've ever listened to this motherfucker and actually he said something correct. Like, <laughs> right. why is not why are we not outraged by this? And can I tell before, you when I when I first started listening to him, I was like, okay, look, what is he gonna say to stupid? And he's making sense in during the entire tirade, and I'm like wait a minute, am I actually agreeing with Tucker Carlson right now? Nigga, is this a bizarre world? Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say about broken clocks? Yeah. They twice. They, they write twice a day, right? Yeah. Did you say it's white twice a day? That too. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 thing that, the thing that really bothers me about this, so the, the kid standing on the bed holding the sofa. The, oh, right. Standing on the sofa holding the... Um, the SM teddy bear and then the paperwork on the table like this wasn't accidental right these things yeah. were placed in an ad there's an art director that was in charge of putting the all of the things that were in that shot together and then the photographer because they collaborated right who thought this was a good idea like they this should be cancellation Right, because you know if, the if end. It's, yes, the end. Not another Balenciaga. Anything should be sold. Yes, or bought anywhere. I want to see Balenciaga the, at TJ Maxx for twenty dollars. I don't even want to see it <laughs> there. That's where, that's where I, it's going to end. That's where it's going to have. That's but that's what I'm saying. I don't even want to see it there. I want to see it go the way of cross colors. Mm. In Gone. the in the best possible case scenario. They thought that it would be provocative, but this subject matter is not for that. You put a nun with a boobs out. I don't think you fuck with kids in this way. And then the Supreme Court case that they acknowledged in that photograph mm -hmm. was a nod to all the pedophiles out there. So I don't know if the head of Balenciaga is a pedophile, if he's part of some pedophile rich motherfucker right. ring mm -hmm. and he's nodding to his friends or the photographer's nodding to his friends but this thing had to go through several layers of approval before it was an ad right. before it hit the before it gets printed it has to go through so many layers it has to go through legal it has mm -hmm. to go through approval by first it has to go approved by the the advertising agency then it has to get approved by the client. So there's several layers of people that should be canceled mm -hmm. and we should not hear from them ever again. Like who the fuck said, yeah, this is a good idea. I think we should go with the kids and the teddy bears. No problem. Like who but the fuck once was again, that guy? The problem who is are her parents? people did yeah. this. Who are her parents? Who is this little girl's parents where they're sitting at the side of this photo shoot thinking mm -hmm. this is a mm -hmm. good idea that my child is holding a teddy bear that is adorned in S and M attire. First of all, some parents are fucked up, especially when you're talking about entertainment. And you're talking about that's a big ad. It's people, big people are fucked up. But let's just say they bring the kid on set. The kid's just standing on the couch on this set with a, a variety of things around them. I they don't know what that. it means. But if you look and at, they it, say, "Oh, not, pick up the teddy bear." Shit. Yeah, it could be. It could be one shot. It could be ten shots. You don't know. So the parents may have missed that one shot, but they got the shot they wanted. 
Bro, and that's I'm, that's also that I think that's also abusive to put the child in a situation right. because now what you've done is you sort of put that child in that situation. You've created exactly. this sexualized situation for a child, right? And you've made it an ad. And Pull initially up. they were releasing her face, but now they started to blur it out. This is my. This was crazy. Did anybody at Balenciaga see the Ari Spears situation? And think like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, did no. nobody, nobody. And see, my whole thing is like, like what Rick said, everybody who touched that shit should be fired and should yep. never work in the industry again. Nope. And but, you know, and, and this is the bit, thing though, you, that presupposes that it wasn't intentional. No, like, it was intentional. Right. That's what I'm saying. But we're, we're saying they should be fired because they put this out. And I would I would argue that they put this out because they intended to put this out and they wanted oh, it. Of course. So canceling them obviously is not going to happen because no one came out until today. Today, we're recording on a Monday and uh, Kim Kardashian puts out this bullshit ass statement. They were very intentional about the, the, the placement of all the materials that were on the, uh, the, the, the coffee table Yes. That this was a young girl, that yeah. this was a teddy bear, that it was dressed um, the way that it was. So the way that I imagine this, this is everyone saying, this is a great look. This is what we want to push. This is yes. what we want to. So it's not about someone saying, oh, how did this get greenlit? It got greenlit because everybody who saw it thought it was a good idea. Yes. You know, I, and, and, I, and I tell you what they didn't bank on. You know, whether you hate or love Kim Kardashian. She has a billion followers. And would she release a statement, whether it's bullshit or not? It's a bullshit statement. She's what, sticking what, with Balenciaga. And, and this is what's, why it's so trash. She she made the pot. The bottom line is we know that we that might be even true. But to a to a percentage of her fan base, they're going to think, oh, Kim just said fuck Balenciaga. No, she did not. I'm, I'm not nothing saying in her statement that said fuck I, Balenciaga. I listened to the statement. It was a politically correct statement. But what I'm saying is how we perceive things is how we perceive things. I'm not. So, I'm talking about she's got a billion followers. There's a lot of people out there who follow her word and think that she is God and will say what she thought. She will listen to what she said and be like, that's enough for me. Fuck Balenciaga. But she like, didn't say all, that. She just said they see the error of their ways. That is the first or the second statement? Because I that's think she made two statement. statements. The second okay. statement is she's the they, first one was a little more aggressive. No, the first one wasn't aggressive at all. It was more aggressive than the one you're talking about right now. She made a statement like oh, she was she was she was disheartened by what ha what she saw. Disheartened it was poor it was in poor taste or something. I didn't know that. I didn't, I'm not reading a verbatim. Re no, no, right but I'm just saying now, but, like yeah. no. I don't, my thing I don't is like my point is is person. that what my point is that said she made a statement against what she saw. We can all agree that to that. And of all the people to make that statement, when you have an um, when you have a billion followers, if you influence a million of them not to buy Balenciaga, that's money out of their pocket. But it's all about dollars. They can, she can give a fuck about the kids. They don't give a fuck about the kids. It's about making money. And if it's fucking with their bottom line, of course they're gonna come out and make an apology and all hearts and minds and all of the bullshit to get over, so they don't lose all their pay all their customers, just like Gucci and H and M did. But this shit is. Ridiculous. You're talking about abusing children. Okay, here's what Kim said. 
I've been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been shocked and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak with their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. As a mother of four, I have been shaken by those disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard and anything against it should have no place in our society, period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take necessary measures for this to never happen again. Then she goes on, as for my future with Balenciaga, I am currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with and the actions I am expecting to see them take to protect children. So that, that means, means gonna, my contract Balenci- is still in place. Yeah. Balenciaga just has to go to rehab right. for six months and then we back. She I, is not outraged. Outrage is cancel this contract. I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. Here, here's how I we destroy here's how we destroy Balenciaga. Right? From now on, black people call Balenciaga shoes, kid toucher threes. <laughs> oh, you wearing those predator shoes? Mm. <laughs> they'll they'll be destroyed. They're, that's they're finished after that. Yeah. They're finished yeah. after that because if black get people say pe- it's not cool, get them petty shoes off. <laughs> petty, <laughs> pedophile. Yeah. If black people says but says that petty loafers are not cool, yes, they yeah. won't be cool. Right. Finish them. <laughs> Fight. And I was so mad that Hovain, who passed away during the holiday, the picture they put out was with him with a Balenciaga shirt on. I was like, oh, my God. But I, it, it's not lost on me that the situation with Balenciaga is occurring. The picture with Jerry Jones dropped. And it's just very soft peddling for a lot of people, particularly celebrities who were so outraged with Kyrie and was so outraged with Kanye, but somehow find the grace for Jerry Jones and for this brand Balenciaga to help them figure out how to deal with the, the pain and the damage that they've done. Yeah, hearts and minds and hugs. Yeah, prayers with you. You know, it was very curious. It was, I think, it was about three or four days, and I still don't even know if they've they've printed a story about it. But TMZ said zero about the whole Balenciaga thing. And considering how much they had to say about the partnership between Kanye West and Balenciaga, right? It, I found that very curious because they obviously care enough about the brand and what they're doing, but don't care, didn't care enough to print the story about that. So that makes me very suspicious of what's going on over there at TMZ and who they're willing to protect and who they're not. Well, side note: now the QAnon pizza peddling Republicans got something to talk about. I told you, I knew it. I knew it. Those Balenciaga, yeah, they have now. They have something to mm. create and and talk about. These Democrats look at all the celebrities. Why didn't they say anything? Why is it so quiet? You see, they are a part of the whole ring, and this is something that's going to feed that stupid beast. I mean, bottom line is this: they need to be done. They need to be finished because when when is, when is a society going to take a stand at certain things? Like, come on, we you know, and and I hate when they when they fucking. When the when the pedophiles and all these sick fucks try to compare the civil rights movement or even uh, to, you know the, currently the LGBTQ com, uh, movement 
for equal rights. And then they, 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 they try to like piggyback on that shit. Like, well, we're pedophiles and it's something that we should be able to do because it's just like anything else. It's like when as a society, we got to draw the fucking line and we got to make an example of a company like this. They got to be, they got to be fucking finished. No more t-shirts, no more fucking hats. They're not going to be finished because people don't care enough, man. You think we've reached that point? We've been at this point. People don't care about people with brown skin, yo. It's like, if you cross the line, you're going to be dealt with. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You whistle at a white woman, dead. Mm. You want to talk some shit about you, 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 you're Jewish or some anti-Semitic shit, you're done. But you can talk about black people and you can call them niggas all day. You can hang them. You can lynch them. You, you can stop black people from going to school, become a mega billionaire on one of the biggest franchises in NFL, and you still will not be held to account. So the Jerry Jones thing was very interesting, I thought, because he just sort of was able to dance around it and not talk about his experience and his presence in that moment. I will tell you what happened. <laughs> Where he said you. I was curious, so I showed up. I, I was have I listen, I was at the diner having a cheeseburger, and they was talking about Nairis is coming to the school. So I went over there to see what they was doing. I thought I was gonna help because my my friend Zeke told me they had a couple of them over there trying to get in the school. So I went over there just to be curious because I type guy I am. I just want to see what's going on. <laughs> just make sure them niggas were not doing something stupid because I know. I listen. I I have a football team with niggers on it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a problem with no niggers. I was making sure they was okay going to school because exactly. I like niggers. Okay, that's it. Everybody be happy. Because there's one story to say yeah. that you just you're just there to to observe. But what what? How different would it have been if you were there to make sure that those kids got in school? Mm. Right. You wouldn't have been on the other you would have been on the other side of that picture. Right. But to observe what? Observe what? Yeah. What did what you, you go there, there to observe and, and make sure that these kids got into the school safely? Or did you go to observe them being bullied? You possibly. became part exactly. of you became part of the mob right. that was intending to intimidate these people from going to this school. So Bingo. your your very presence Bingo. is an aid to the bully. Bingo, bingo, bong. And, and that needs to be explained. And unfortunately, look, you were look, he was he was 14 or 15 years old when this thing happened. Look, and when we were 14, 15 years old and we saw a mob of kids going somewhere and there was a fight, we might have followed too. But you still have to explain because now you know better. Cuz now you're a a, a senior citizen and you've seen the world transform and you're saying you're a different person than who you than who we see in that picture. You need to explain that. You need to talk about that. You need to say how this situation was wrong. I shouldn't have been there. None of these people should have been there to prevent these kids from going to school. It was simply them trying to get an education. And white people were saying, no, this education is ours and you can't have it. You're part you know, of the mob that was trying to intimidate them and prevent them from getting that. There you go. The, the unfortunate thing is that it was a snapshot. There were no, there was no video. So we don't, we see a picture of him. We don't see a video of him. We don't. So my thing is 
that was just one picture. I'm sure if you if you had a video, he probably said a lot more than just I was curious. OK, he was probably a part of the crowd. And if you look in that area, I'm pretty sure you can pick up some pictures where he was probably at another rally. OK, Yo, they didn't go to school and he, there until years later. The thing that the thing that's the crazy students that were walking in, they yeah. didn't go to school. years later. That's when the integration occurred. So you can't tell me you were there just to be a, a, a innocent bystander. Curious. Alice is curious. You were there to help make sure that they did not enter that school. Look, it, I ain't never seen them in up close. I just wanted to see chocolate people. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I was and looking for. You say that, but I watched I watched the video. There's a video circulating online of one of the kids who's still, and this is the funny thing. He's in his seventies. They're, <laughs> They're still alive. Yes. <laughs> and he said someone touched the back of his neck and said, I just wanted to see what a Negro felt like. This was only day one of them going to the school when the camera was there. What happened right. when the camera wasn't there? And, 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 then you and, also, and the National Guard, times, no one was there. Yeah. How many times were you curious? Right. How many times did you stand and try to intimidate them? And then you have people like Stephen A. Smith who want to cape for this guy. Yeah. And no, give him I never like. I don't like his perspective <sighs> or his hairline. I think they're both foul. <laughs> and he's from Queens. <laughs> Listening to Decoding 40. What's good, people? This is your boy L.O. AKA the Ad Man. If you like this show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the another episode of Decoding 40. We're coming to an end. So soon, so soon. But before we go, anybody got any last words? Any uh parting thoughts? Uh, just on the last point, I guess if Stephen A. thinks that um, Jerry Jones is such a reformed guy, then he should have no problem asking him to explain himself and what he did to help or not to help those young men that were trying to get an education. And also take your barber to court. <laughs> he he should be charged with a heinous crime for allowing yes. this nigga's hairline to still be looking like that. Mm, he yes. just, his barber needs to talk to him and say, "Look, Steve, come on, me and you. I've been cutting your hair for a while. Yeah. I've been doing you a disservice with this hairline. It's time to let it go." Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, I actually I agree. That's that's the thing that I I want to highlight today is that I think Jerry Jones should be uh, held to account. There have been too many. 14-year-old black kids who were held to a higher standard than adults. Um, and there's another kid I just read who was uh, uh, sentenced to the death penalty who's 14 years old. So this country has has thrived on killing black kids and young people. And for some reason, we continue to suggest that the white people even in the same situation in terms of age, somehow need to be giving some additional grace. And it is disgusting. It is absolutely unnecessary, unwarranted, and it needs to stop. I just want to say one more thing. Jerry Jones is now an old man. This happened 65 years ago. And these young men who were trying to enter the school are also still alive. And 65 years of living with the trauma from trying to just simply get into a school and get an education. They're still living with that. Okay. 
So don't tell me that 65 years just we should just let it go because you damage somebody and traumatize somebody and they're still living with that. So you should have to live with it, too. I mean, what, what I learned uh, is it was no it was no surprise for me when it came to Jerry Jones. I just I mean, the guy just screams fucking privileged cocksucker. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's been time and time again where we've we've had glimpses of something he might have said, something he might, the way he reacted to, you know, a player, whether he wanted to freeze a player out because they're a player of color and not give them what they, they deserve and all these little innuendos. No, there was never a smoking gun, so to speak. Well, we have the smoking gun and apparently he's telling you that the gun is not smoking. It's nothing. Mm. I was just, I was curious. I think that you can't shit on Kanye and not shit on Jerry. You can't shit on... Kyrie and not destroy Balenciaga. I'm I'm sorry, you can't. You, this this bullshit, this double standard of of who gets fucked and who doesn't. Come on, if you do some heinous shit like that, you can't tell me Kyrie Kyrie Irving's situation even is even compares to to the Balenciaga thing. I'm sorry, you just I'm sorry. It doesn't it doesn't even come close. And you go on, you try to find those ads right now. They have they have fucking erased them. You don't you can hardly find this shit anymore. But Kyrie is still trending. And on that note, this has been another episode of Decoding 40. Please make sure that you listen every Friday morning when the episodes drop. If you need to give us a call, which we'd love to hear from you, the number is 619-940-4040. Make sure that you leave a message. Give us a call. Hit us up on our social media. If anything touch your spirit today, please send a donation to Dakota <laughs> <Yeah>. 40. <laughs> and you can always buy some merch. Lord have mercy. Dakota40pod.com. And on that note, this is the end of the show, y'all. Peace. 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 Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Tune in this and every Friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40, <laughs> goddammit.